The following program may contain views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the hosts and their guests and are not reflective of Quixie 98.3 or Sky Tower Communications. For questions, comments, and concerns, email us at news at wqxe.com. Good morning, I'm Zach Epperson. This weekend, we continue to talk with superintendents from our area school districts to see how their district is handling the upcoming school year. And this morning, we're joined on the phone by the new superintendent of the Meade County School System, Dr. Mark Martin. Sir, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing, Zach? Doing wonderful. So we'll get right into our questions we have for you as we've been asking all the superintendents in our area as all the school districts get ready uh, to get back to school. So the first thing I have for you, a very general uh, open question, but what is the return to school looking like for the Meade County School District? Well, it's a fluid situation, as I think everyone knows that COVID-19 is. So we're preparing for multiple scenarios. And currently, we are starting on Tuesday, August 25th, and we are calling it Restart Mead Week. It's an orientation where our buildings will be as close to 50% capacity as possible with Tuesday and Wednesday, August 25th and 26th, featuring half of our grade levels, and then Thursday and Friday featuring the other half of our grade levels with Monday, August 31st being the day where all of our grade levels transition in. In addition, our virtual option, which is called MyMeet Online, it's important to us that we keep our students connected to MyMeet or to Meet County Schools. So they will also start on Tuesday, August twenty-fifth. You know, interesting thing you talked about that that phased return, and we're seeing a lot more school districts now uh, implementing that in their return to school plans. How important was it to to do that for the safety of the of the students and the staff of the district? Oh, it's very it's crucial because this is this is new to everyone. And the Healthy at School guidance that's been given to us by the Kentucky Department of Education, by the governor, has, has new guidelines. And our staff and our students need time to practice that together. And in addition to that, our staff will come in before school starts, um, and they will have time to prepare, work together as a true professional learning community, and have that opportunity to strategize on just, just simple things. How, how does one-way traffic flow look like? Um, from the classroom to this part of the building or as we go to um, a new phase in our day. So we just need that time to practice that together. So it is, it is crucial that we have a few days um, and to work those kinks out. And, and it's for morning arrivals, um, temperature checks, you know, if you have a, a first grader getting out of the car to have their temperature checked or someone coming off of a bus, we need to make sure that we have time to make sure that's as efficient as possible, same way with our dismissals and every transition in, in the school day. Now you mentioned it about the uh, the temperature checks. You know, all schools are going to be doing that, those health uh, health and safety procedures. Uh, how does that procedure look like for Meade County? How are temperatures, for instance, going to be taken at the beginning of the school day? Yes, right now that will be as, as soon as they come out of the car. Um, that way, if they do check in at 100.4, um, that that parent could take their child, um, you know, with them. There are some strict guidelines in that way. So, um, and before they enter the building, so we will make sure that as soon as they're coming, in, we're, we're also going to ask the parents check their temperatures at home. Um, that's pretty standard in the Healthy at School guidance. But we'll also check before they come into the building, so we can um, make sure that we get them. And um, let's say it's come off the bus, their parents not with them. We check their temperature. It checks in at 100.7. 100.8, whatever it may be, and we have a designated area for those children to be 
until we can contact their their parents to come get them. But that is pretty standard if they hit 100.4 or above that they are to go home. Absolutely. And so for those students that are going to be uh, going through those procedures in for uh, for the in-person instruction, does the district know right now how many students are planning to return to, for in-person instruction? That's a great question. So here's what our percentages are showing us um, in general. About 15 to 18 percent have committed to my meet online, and there are still a portion of those that are undecided. We sent out an automated enrollment call last week. Uh, we've done some makeup calls, and now schools, because under contract, we, our secretaries are coming back, our administrators are back now. They are following up with families uh, to see what is their option, wh- what option have they chosen. So with having that 15 to 18, maybe even 20, 25%, if you start taking out one out of every five students, one out of every four students in some cases, uh, out of that enrollment, um, the great thing is that that helps us socially distance in a way where we don't have to match up 15 to 25 percent of our staff with that because using our technology, using our platforms efficiently, um, you could be a student at Painville Elementary, Flaherty Elementary, Ekron or Brandenburg and be on MyMeet Online with access to the same research-based curriculum and access to um, a virtual teacher, one of our Mee County uh, teachers. So we will not have to match our staff up to equal that percentage, which helps us keep the majority of our staff in the traditional approach, which helps us socially distance and use all of our indoor spaces uh, to make sure we can achieve this, um, social distancing to the best of our ability. But, for example, if you had 25 third graders and you say that one-fifth of them is a MyMeet Online, well, you take five away right there. And then you look at attendance in general. We're not going to have 20 out of 20 most days show up. And then there are some other restrictions about, hey, if your child is um, exhibiting one of these symptoms, they're to stay home, and it's pretty exhaustive. Um, you take out a few more, you may have 14, 15 kids in a class, and we may be able to get that, those students six feet apart um, in one classroom. So we, we, have, um, we have aspirations of achieving social distancing, but it will not be feasible to do it for seven straight hours. So we will, have to, we will ask, and the expectation will be that students bring a mask to school so when we move, we mask, and when social distancing is uh, not, not possible, that our children will be masked. But I do not envision, uh, nor do I want children to be masked for long periods of time and definitely not six to seven hours a day. You brought up an interesting point there, that and, and something that I've heard many of their other superintendents say, you know, when you move, you mask. Uh, and you, you talked about the governor's mandate about, about, the, the, about the masks and using them when social distancing can't take place. Does the district know right now how you all will enforce masks? Like you said, it won't be for six to seven hours a day, but when those masks uh, are to be in use, how is the district going to enforce that? Well, I think it comes back to procedures. I think any leader that you talk to, any school leader, principal, teacher, superintendent, they're going to tell you that at the beginning of the school year, procedures are taught. Um, It's just going to look a little different this year. We'll have to teach the healthy at school procedures. Another reason why we need to phase in and be very conservative when we start. Um, So that will be the expectation that you bring a mask. Now, will there be exemptions, uh, medical exemptions? Yes, there will. We we have uh, moderate to severely disabled students that um, you know, maybe medically fragile, maybe they do not have a use of their extremities. And some of those students will not, um, will not even will come to school. A lot of those families will choose uh, some type of online option, but um, do know that um, that will all be medically driven. 
so what we need to do is we need to make sure we reduce as many transitions as possible. We cannot eliminate transitions. We will reduce those. Um, but masks will be an expectation, and just like procedures are taught, when you move, you mask. And we have to model that as adults as well. And you talked about transitions there that, you know, things are, people are still going to be moving all around, and a lot of ordinary activities that take place in school are going to be impacted uh, by this, one of those uh, being lunch. And I've, I've asked this of our other uh, interviewees here, but how is lunch going to be handled uh, for the school district this year? That's one of those things that, you know, the governor has said, when, when you eat, you know, you can take off your mask. But how is that whole transitioning process of people moving around going to work? Yeah, there will not be self-serving stations. And that's still being worked out at the school level. Every school is unique, just like every district's unique. Uh, Mee County High School has a totally different dynamic and space than David T. Wilson Elementary would or Brandenburg Primary. So we are still working through that. But I will tell you there will not be self-serving stations. You will see um, some classrooms, some schools that will choose to eat in the classroom. Um, but it, you will still have some transition uh, for lunch. I, I do believe you'll see that. We're still working through that. The other thing I'll, I'll start with now, and in our previous conversations, we, we had talked about this, and you had brought it up, and I find it really interesting that, that Meade County, as of right now, at the beginning of the school year, isn't going to be asking for uh, school supply donations. Is that still your all's plan at this time? Yeah, we will not be asking our families. Um, we will ask that they, they bring their child with a mask, and we are still receiving donations from, from local, um, local organizations, whether it's hand sanitizer, uh, mask and and if and if there is someone out there that wants to donate, we I think mask for our younger students. We have two health coordinators, Miss Karen Cottrell and Mr. Chad Pickering, who are doing a tremendous job um, thus far, and and will continue to do so. And and one thing I've heard Miss Cottrell say is that we we need as many masks as we can for our younger students. So we will still accept those donations. So I think the traditional supply list that um, a parent of an elementary or high school student um, would contribute. We are not um, going to ask for that exact same list um, for, for a few reasons. We want to be very careful what's coming into our buildings, and we just know this is financially a difficult time for our community, and we do not need them to commit to that. And plus, we, we ended school uh, essentially in-person instruction early last March, so we are inventorying what supplies we still have that would be necessary. And if we do find out that we need more supplies in the future, we can always reach out, but we're going to do everything we can in a safe manner. Next thing I have for you um, is regarding uh, potential spikes in the virus. So if cases of the virus do see a spike during this year, whether that be in Meade County or just uh, in, in general in the, in the communities, uh, how is the district going to handle those spikes? Is in-person instruction going to be canceled like it was in March, or is that really a, a state decision? You know, yes, it could be the state. It could be Governor Brashear. It could be the Kentucky Department of Education. But locally, what we're consistent with is we're going to work with Lincoln Trail District Health Department. And they have been a great partner. Um, they have um, been very, um, very collaborative. Um, when we talked about our plans back in June to come back in early August, um, they were very supportive then, and they've been very supportive as the virus has um, adjusted, as you've mentioned. Um, cases have spiked, so we're going to we're going to continue to collaborate with health officials, take their guidance, um, and then take recommendations from the state. And whatever that framework is, from the Kentucky Department of Education, from Lincoln Trail to Healthy at School Guidance. We're going to operate within that and give the best um, options we can to our families and serve our families. Absolutely. The, uh, two more questions for I have for you this morning. Yes, sir. Um, have you spoke with the teachers and staff about this upcoming school year, and what concerns, if any, have they shared with you about it? 
Yeah, we have spoke with staff members, and I'll continue. I'm speaking again with staff members this afternoon. Um, our, I will say one thing, that our staff is not back under contract yet. Our, our, our principals are coming back. They, they have, we had a great leadership retreat this week here locally, a very safe, socially distanced leadership retreat. And our communicators are um, doing a good job of um, you know, inventorying what their individual staffs are. We've surveyed our staff. Um, to, to kind of gauge where they're at with their comfort level coming back. And um, I, w- I do want to say this. Our staff is concerned about the well-being of their students. They are, whether that's not, not only their education, but also that their basic needs are being met, that they're being fed. Um, you know, we served 175,000 meals this spring and this summer. Our, our food service department, um, along with many volunteers from our teachers and staff, did nothing short of being heroic um, that's the word I use. Um, but our staff is concerned about students. Our parents have even called in and said, we're concerned about teacher safety with in-person instruction. But on the flip side of that, um, our teachers are also worried about their own individual health, and they're worried about their child's health, their loved ones. The, we have teachers that are expecting um, you know, a child. They could be pregnant. They could live with a spouse that is vulnerable, and it is okay. It is okay for our teachers to be worried about our students and their students, and it's okay to be worried about their own individual health and their family's health. And, they sh- and I want to make sure that they do not feel guilty about that. It's okay to be worried about both. Um, I think our teachers are um, you know, wanting to come back to school. I think there are some that have extreme anxiety about it, and it's okay. It's okay to be conflicted. And um, you know, this is just the, the difficult nature of this situation. They want to be with their kids but they're also hesitant. And I think you would find that uh, not just in Meade County, but across the state and across the country. Absolutely. We'll end uh, this interview with uh, focusing on you personally. How have you assessed this upcoming school year? I know it's certainly not your first year with the district, uh, but you've just uh, stepped into the role of superintendent, just like uh, Kelly Bush over at uh, uh, E-Town Independent. And um, how's it weighed, how have you assessed it? Has it weighed on you at all this upcoming school year? You know, first, Kelly Bush is... Um, a great leader. I think she's going to do great things for E-Town Independent. Um, I have a lot of respect for her, uh, as I do Miss Morgan and our other superintendents in our region. You know, personally, and we talked about this yesterday with our principals, um, we are leading in unique times right now, and we can view it in a few ways. We need to acknowledge what it's going to be. It's, it's going to be a challenge, but and we have to prepare for worst-case scenario, but we're not going to dwell in it. We're going to take this opportunity to lead. We're going to take this as an opportunity to lead for our community. That's Our community looks to Meade County Schools and our leaders um, for that, um, and we need to be um, a calming presence. That's a word that we're going to say with our staff, and um, we're going to diagnose the problem, and we're going to work it. But we're not going to view this as a burden. We're going to view it as an opportunity to educate. Um, in some cases, you know, in many cases, we're going to feed our students, even our Mind Meet Online students. We're going to offer them meals. And we're working through that right now. This is just an opportunity for us to serve. We talk about servant leadership, being humble servant leaders. Uh, that's a tradition that Mead County Schools has always had. And this is our moment. And um, we're going to embrace the moment. And um, we're going to lead. And we, um, we're excited for that opportunity. It is going to be a challenge. And, um, but, you know, we have two ways to look at it. And we're going to take it from a positive approach. And we're excited for the opportunity to, to be that for our community. Joined on the phone this morning by Dr. Mark Martin of Meade County Schools. Sir, thank you so much for talking with me. I greatly appreciate it. 
Zach, you have a great day. For a recap of today's forum or to listen to past forums, you can go to our website at wqxc.com and click on the media tab. For Quick C 98.3, I'm Zach Epperson.